You're listening to the Manverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 129. Get a customized digital marketing strategy for your game store by booking a free 45-minute strategy session with us. We will do a deep dive on the six main areas of digital marketing for your game store and identify what's working, what can be approved on, create a customized strategy based on your brand, and then show you how we can get it all implemented for you. Uh, book your strategy session today at manaversesaga.com forward slash MMA. Hello again. Welcome to the Manverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin. Uh, and today we're going to start things off with the story. So a few weeks ago, I decided that I was going to explore uh, another gym. I have gone to the gym personally, the usual traditional sort of gym. Since I was in high school, I'm used to the gym culture. I don't identify as a gym bro, but I do like to exercise. I do like to stay fit. But I wanted to see what else was out there. I've, I've got a gym membership uh, to a gym that's in town down the street. That's a normal kind of weights and machines kind of gym. Uh, but there's also a CrossFit gym that's down the street from where I live that uh, I know the owner. I've spoken to him a couple of times and... I was just curious, you know, what's all this, what's this CrossFit gym all about? So a couple of weeks ago, I decided I'm going to go check this CrossFit gym out, reach out to him and, and ask him, you know, uh, what uh, do, we, do I have to come in? How does the program work? Do you just show up? Like, how does, how does CrossFit work? I've heard about CrossFit, but I've never done it myself personally. Uh, so I, I went into the gym. We, we arranged a time to meet and uh, we went down and visited. Uh, the, uh, he, he showed me around. We talked. We had a conversation. He explained that. It's a, it's a program, you know, it's, there's classes. It's not like a normal gym where you just show up and start using the machines. It's more of like a structured, everyone's working together. The, the, there's a community, there's an energy behind it. And he was really enthusiastic about it. It was great. It was interesting. It sounded, uh, sounded like something that I would probably, probably enjoy. Uh, but one of the things that we discussed, because, you know, I'm a business guy and I like marketing and I had some thoughts about the way that he was presenting the business and just the kind of like those wheels are always turning in my head. So I started kind of exploring that with him. And there was a concept that he, he had that, uh, you know, gave me some, it, again, it started the wheels turning in my head. And one of the things that, uh, he said was that he noticed he's a data guy. So he crunches a lot of the numbers and he really looks at the spreadsheets and he tracks things, which I can certainly appreciate. But he said that it's very important that the first 100 days of somebody signing up for the first time, that they show up to a certain number of classes. And after they reach this threshold of classes attended, they, the odds of that person becoming a three to five year long-term client go up drastically, like 10 times higher versus somebody who doesn't hit that threshold. So this was a really interesting idea. Like, okay, so that's, that's a pretty cool concept. Cause that means that he knows that the most important aspect of a gym or the most important aspect of making CrossFit, you know, part of somebody's lifestyle, because that's really what it is. It's a lifestyle is that they need them to buy in and come often enough on a regular enough basis during those first, like three months, that first 100 day period to make it a habit, to instill that in the person so that it becomes a long-term uh, part of their life, part of their a long-term ritual that they include as part of their life. Uh, and I thought this idea was really interesting. And I started thinking about like, well, how does this apply to game stores? And the interesting thing is that like, okay, so game stores are obviously not gyms. It's not a fitness thing. It's not a, 
it's not uh, uh, health uh, <laughs> concern. Like it's not what we're doing with the game store, but it is a lifestyle business. It is a thing that people come to identify with. They come to uh, identify being a hobbyist or being a gamer with who they are. So there is elements of the same sort of experience that that do overlap with game stores. So the idea of like, okay, well, how does this first 100 days experience apply to a game store? And I think the idea is, the, the, my hypothesis is that the first 100 days of a customer's experience with your store will likely determine their next two to five years with you and ultimately how much they spend with you by their, their lifetime value. So uh, if we were to think about it in that way and really uh, back out and kind of look at it from a statistical model, not just like from the person-to-person, one-to-one experience, because that's obviously an important aspect of it, but statistically you step out and you're, okay, if you could look at all of these interactions on a spreadsheet, if you could take all of these customers that have, uh, you know, coming to your store for the first time and having those interactions and just really looked at the data of like, how many times did they purchase? How many times, uh, you know, a week do they come into plan events or how many events total did they plan? What kinds of events did they plan? If you could track all that information, you probably start to see that correlation of the more somebody engages with you during that initial time period where they're excited and they're discovering the, you know, the, the, new games or the new the community that they've never been a part of before and they're really kind of discovering this part of themselves right this thing that they're integrating into their lifestyle uh if you have somebody who attends a whole lot of events and they come in and they make a whole lot of purchases and they have really good interactions with the customers or they have really good interactions with your employees and they just really enjoy everything that's going on there's just great experience all around if they have more of those in that first 100 day period the odds of them having way more over the next two to five years probably goes cons- probably goes up considerably compared to somebody who doesn't attend that many events or doesn't, uh, you know, comes in once and then shows up next month and like buys one more thing and then shows up maybe like six weeks later. And then it just sort of peters off. If you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't really go anywhere. It fizzles out in a sense. And I feel like if we can uh, market to multiple visits and really engage people during those first 100 days, I think that would ultimately end up translating to long-term growth, to high lifetime value for your customers and just general better experiences for everyone involved. And the reason why like, why this is important is because habits take, take time to form, right? Habits don't happen immediately. It takes uh, repetition for habits to form. It takes anywhere from 30 to 250 days to develop a new habit. So if we're thinking in a 100-day time span, we really need to get people to come into the store and interact with us and really make it part of their everyday experience several dozen times, or like at least like you know 30 to 40 to 50 times over the course of that 100-day period to really make this uh, a habit that they have integrated into their life. So the question is really like how many events or transactions does a customer have to do with your store to become a long-term customer? So this is one of the things I want to, I want you to leave this podcast thinking about how many times does somebody have to come to an F and M or show up to a Saturday paint day or whatever kinds of events that you got organized in your store uh, or a demo or that kind of thing, or how many purchases, how many good interactions with the person is happy to spend money with you? How many times does that have to happen? for that person to become you know, locked in as a customer that is happy to come to your store and happy to spend money with you on a repeat basis. How do you turn that first time buyer into a repeat buyer 
year after year? How many, what's the threshold for your store? Figuring that number out is obviously I can't say for certain because this is like a data thing and there's just not enough information out there for that to really be uh, analyzed at the moment. But I'm betting that if you had that information at your fingertips and you started tracking this kind of stuff uh, based off of, you know, customer accounts and you started really graphing this information, you probably notice a, uh, a correlation between those two numbers. So let's think about that. How many times does somebody have to do that in order for the first 100 days to be really like locked in as a, uh, as your, uh, customer experience and lifetime value maximizer. Uh, and the thing about it is it's a nonlinear scale. So like there's a huge difference in the lifetime value of a customer that attends the you know 10 events in the first two months compared to somebody who only attends one or two, right? Like I said, you know, there's a big difference, potentially 10, 20, 30 times the lifetime value, the amount of money that they spend annually with your store compared to those two cohorts. And I'm sure that's like a sliding scale, you know, somewhere between three, four, five, six, it's kind of ramps up, but it's an exponential growth in some form. And it's, uh, it might even be, you know, logarithmic, who knows what the actual impact would be. Uh, but it's something to really consider how important it is. And this is why marketing to multiple visits is so vital, right? If you just market to new customers and you forget about the existing ones, or you forget about, you know, constantly trying to stay top of mind and you don't really put in the effort in terms of, of being in front of people on a consistent basis. There's lots of ways of going about doing this. Uh, this is why it's so important because they know like big businesses, big corporations, they know that they need to spend money just to stay top of mind. They know it's worth it uh, to constantly be, you know, front and center most of the time because people are busy, people live their lives and, you know, they're not always thinking about your product or your service. And they know that just gentle reminders are sometimes all that it takes to stay at the top of this person's priority list. And this is why businesses like Coke and McDonald's spend millions and millions of dollars a year on advertising, on commercials, on billboards, on all kinds of stuff. Despite the fact that virtually every single person on the planet knows what Coke is and knows what McDonald's is right? Almost everybody can recognize the logos. They know the colors. They know the, the golden arches. They get it. Technically, they don't need to constantly spend money on commercials, but they know that they do have an impact on the bottom line. And part of it is because they know that if they can integrate their product into their customer's life, it becomes something that they identify. People are a Coke drinker or people go to McDonald's as part of their you know family rituals on Fridays and that sort of thing. It becomes a part of who they are. It becomes a part of their life. But the only way to get there is to have that habit formed initially during that initial experience. And there's also uh, the inverse effect is if they have a negative experience within that first 100 days, the drop-off would be rapid and considerable almost immediately. Like if you think of, okay, somebody comes into your store for the first time and they just don't get greeted or somebody's rude to them, right? So just an employee just gives them a cold shoulder. The odds of them coming back and trying you out again are probably a hundred to one. Like it's probably going to be like one bad experience right off the bat is enough to just, that's the end of that relationship. They'll go to the next game store. They'll go shop at target, you know, whatever it is. That's all it'll take. But if they have 10 good interactions, 20 good interactions first, and then one bad, like not so, so great interaction where just really didn't turn out the way that they wanted to, that's not going to be a game over deal breaker for the relationship with your business. Uh, so there's an, the importance of that initial time period uh, cannot be underestimated or 
cannot be, yeah, cannot be underestimated. That's accurate. So like we have to really put uh, the effort into making sure that we make that initial experience awesome. That's a huge component of it, but also stay on top of mind for people who are in your community and people who are like, this is not just physical interactions, people coming into your store, like in person, but there's also interactions online, right? So people have to have a good experience with your website. They have to have, they have to be able to shop and interact with it, you know, easily and not get lost. And your prices have to be uh, within expectations. They don't have to be the cheapest on the, on the planet. As long as your delivery and the customer or the user experience is good, you can get a lot, get away with a lot, but as long as your website is functioning and everything is clean and it works well and it's fast and all those, you know, usual digital marketing uh, metrics that really matter. If you've got those things in place, that's how you have a good experience online. The same principle applies. I'm sure the timelines are slightly different, but we'll talk about that in a second. So multiple visits, how do we market to multiple visits? What does that actually look like? In, in case you're wondering, you know, uh, in the beginning, I was also wondering, what does that mean? So, so we think of like marketing to multiple visits is really like awareness marketing. So this is one of the things that's just kind of staying in the person's orbit. Uh, you know, we talked about billboards, commercials, and that sort of thing. Uh, for game stores and the digital space that we now operate in, what this looks like is more retargeting ads for people who have visited your website. So if somebody comes to, you know, yourgamestore.com and they check out your store, or they check out your site, they scan some of the pages. Uh, maybe they buy from you, maybe they don't, you know, however it goes. Uh, what you do is you have ads. So you run Google ads, you run Facebook ads, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, social media. Like there's a whole bunch of platforms, obviously, that you can run ads on. But you run ads specifically targeting people who have visited your website. Usually this is done through some sort of a pixel or some sort of an integration so that uh, there's, you know, there's, there's technical things in the back end. But basically the internet and those platforms know which websites you have visited. You know, there's information privacy concerns that are alongside that, but that's just kind of the world that we live in. Uh, we can, as businesses, set up ads to target people who visited your website to just say, hey, you know, you checked us out once. We still got some new products have hit the shelves, right? That's enough uh, often to bring people in to check you out the second time. Uh, or just the idea of basically following them up or following up with people and saying, hey, I you know, saw that you checked out these products. You might also be interested in these products. You should come back and, and see what we've got on sale, that kind of stuff. Uh, you might have had the experience of going to you know, a store or looking for something on Amazon or one of the other you know, e-commerce uh, marketplaces. And then, you know, start, you go onto Facebook or you go into some other websites and all of a sudden you start seeing banners on the sides and ads for them, for that, ex that either that specific product or that store, just constantly following you around the internet. This is retargeting ads uh, happening in real time for you. So that's what we're, what we're talking about. The other option is, uh, or one other option is to get people to sign up to your email list. So this is a really great way to uh, create that return path for people who have either visited the store in person or come to your site. Uh, if you get them to sign up to your email list, usually through some sort of an opt-in or some, uh, you know, you give them something of value, you know, a coupon code or special content or discount or deals or offers. There's lots of ways to give value uh, for somebody to join your email list. But if you can get them on the email list, uh, you have permission to essentially communicate with them ongoing, right? So these people have said, yes, I'm interested. I want to know more information about what you've got going on. Uh, please send me some info, right? Let me know what's happening. I, I want to know what's going on events-wise. I want to know what's going on. Uh, what, I want to know when new products at the shelves, whatever, right? That's what they're interested in. 
And if you have a, uh, a regular newsletter or you have the automation set up so that you can really maximize email marketing for your store, it's a really great way to create that return path and constantly just be, you know, gently in their inbox saying, hey, you said you were interested in this kind of uh, these kinds of products. Did you know that, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle Earth is about to hit the shelves? Check out these cool bundles. Look at these awesome cards. You know, just, hey, if you haven't seen this, maybe you'd be interested in this. This is a really good good way of getting people to come back to your store for that for those multiple visits to remind them, hey, you've got events, you've got things on the schedule, you've got stuff happening in the store, you've got new products hitting the shelves every single day. You, you should got to keep checking back in uh, and really you know building that community feel with that person. Another option would be things like loyalty programs. You know, you accumulate points when you make purchases that you can then redeem for you know discounts on future purchases. Uh, accumulated points give people a reason to come to come back to the store to spend again, and you know it's a general uh, uh, good retail practice. And it's a really effective way of doing it, which is why you know almost every single corporation on the planet has some sort of loyalty program. It's a really good way to uh, encourage that repeat visit, multiple multiple visits kind of situation. And lastly, uh, one of the things that you can do, and this is something that game stores do very well in general, is having a, div a diverse number of events on your schedule. So instead of just focusing on magic or just focusing on Pokemon or this one narrow slice of the gaming hobby, you can have a whole sorts of one-off events, special paint nights, uh, you know, one-time uh, book signings. Like there's all kinds of things that you could do you put on your schedule that could attract a wider variety of people. But by having a diverse amount of events or a diverse uh, kinds of events on your schedule, uh, you are giving people a reason to constantly check back and see what's coming up next, right? If you have the same three events, same five events, every single week without deviation, it never changes. They always know when the FNM is. They always know when the draft is on Wednesday. They always know you know, that you've got Warhammer Nights on Thursday, whatever it is. If it's always the same and it never changes and you never really have anything exciting going on, it becomes rote, it becomes boring, right? Everyone knows what to expect. So they no longer have to go to your website to find out what's going on. They know what's going on. Your calendar never changes. But as long as you are adding new events and one-off events or special events or limited events, even another great way is having limited seating and saying, we've only got X number of tickets for this one-time thing, that's a really great reason for people to constantly come back to your website and or come into your store and say, hey, what's coming up next? I'm you know, like the last event was great. I had a really great time at the singles mingles board game night or whatever. Uh, when's the next one? What's uh, what else is coming up? Right. So having events on your schedule more than just the usual repeat, constant, regular ones, having unique and diverse events is a really great way to get people interested in actually spending more time at your store and coming back again and again and again. So brainstorming question, ending this section off with, what can you do to increase the number of times a customer interacts with your store in a positive way over their first 100 days? How can you make the first 100 days experience of a new customer or even a, you know, like the existing customer base that you have, but how can you say, okay, I wanna make the next 100, the next 100 days really great. What would that look like? So let's. I want you to brainstorm that and come up with some ideas based off of that. And then I also want to uh, go a little bit further, extend this idea of the first 100 days and talk about the first 100 seconds. So we kind of alluded to this at the beginning a little bit, that the first 100 seconds of someone's experience with your business determines a lot about how they are going to interact with you or not in the future. So you need to deliver a great experience 
within the first 100 seconds of somebody hitting your website, well, you need to deliver a great experience uh, for somebody coming into the store within the first 100 seconds. For your website, it's probably like the first 10 seconds. They're going to evaluate a lot. People's attention spans are very short. You have to impress very quickly and draw people in and compel them to keep going with you relatively fast on the internet. So it might even be at like the first 10 seconds. But the good thing about uh, the internet is it's very easy to make a good impression within the first 10 seconds if you've got all these, you know, the usual things in place, like a good clean website, a nice design, uh, you know, a responsive, fast, all that good stuff, right? So if you've got that in place, you've, you've probably got that handled. But we're going to think about in-person experience right now. What is it like for the person when they first walk into the store? Are they greeted warmly when they first enter, right? Do you have somebody whose responsibility either you know, like I think of the Walmart greeter, somebody who's there just to make sure that you're acknowledged. And if you look like you need some assistance, they can point you in the right direction or just, you know, basically welcome you to the store. That on its own is something that uh, it's a component that a lot of stores don't necessarily have in place, but there's usually a neutrality with most game stores. You're not ignored, but you're also not welcomed. And is there a process in place where you're, you know, whoever's on staff, whoever's working the, the floor at the time, do they acknowledge new people as they come in the door and say, hey, welcome to, you know, your friendly local game store. We're glad to hear what, uh, you know, is there anything that you've, you're interested in? Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, just generally being helpful. And the offer, the gentle offer, not the pushy offer, uh, is a great way to make sure that you actually have somebody feel welcome. Because again, one of the things that we need to remember is that a game store is very intimidating, or it can be very intimidating for people who've never been to one before. I, uh, I use the analogy of the gym at the beginning, and I think, I think I've used this uh, recently on the podcast uh, before. The gym and the game store have a lot in common in the sense that if you've never been to one before, it feels like you are an outsider coming into uh, a club where everyone knows what they're doing and everyone gets it, but you're on the outside looking in. And it can feel very clicky. It can feel very intimidating and hard to work your way in. And if you're not like really determined or, you know, really motivated and disciplined and, and you just like, I'm bold, I'm going to go for it. If you're not that kind of person, and if you think of the average game store customer, that's probably not going to be the case, statistically speaking, uh, you need to make it as welcoming as possible. You need to have a way for people to ease their way in. And this is one of the, way, one of the ways of doing it is having that first or really great first 100 second experience. So do you have the decompression zone? in place for people to orient themselves, like when they walk into the store, or are they immediately just overwhelmed with products? Are your, 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 uh, your shelves, your, your, your walkways, are they too narrow so that it feels cramped and that, you know, you can't really move and maneuver around. You don't have your personal bubble. Uh, you don't have your space that you need to be able to shop comfortably. Like what does the shopping experience feel like? What does that landing experience feel like? And this is one of the things that you have to really like try and pull back and, and think about what your store looks like from the eyes of somebody who's never been there before instead of the owner, instead of somebody who works there, who's been in the hobby industry for decades, potentially. Think about it from grandma's perspective. Do they feel comfortable there? Think about it from somebody who has never interacted with another gamer in the, at all at, at some point in the past. Do they feel like they are welcomed? Does this feel like this space is for them? Are they able to you know, figure things out themselves and find the correct path to engage in the ways that they want to. So this is a physical orientation. Like it's a physical space that determines a lot as well as the interpersonal. 
what does your store look like? This is another aspect of things that we talk about a lot. What does your store look like? Is it clean? Is it well lit? Or is it, you know, a little bit dingy or a little bit scruffy or dirty or like the trash cans overflowing? Ultimately, that's going to have a major impact on the overall uh, interpretation and perception of somebody who walks into the store for the first time. Obviously, and ultimately, we want to have the also the the best experience possible. Not every store can deliver on that. Not every store, uh, you know, has the operational funds, the funding to spend thousands of dollars on super high quality fixtures and awesome chairs and tables and signage and all this stuff because it's a major investment to get to there. But even if you don't have the money for crazy high quality, you know, very high level uh, fixtures and uh, furniture and that sort of thing, there's still a lot you can do to make it so that people feel like your store is taken care of. You know, is it clean? Are the tables clean? Is it, uh, is the lighting, you know, are the lights uh, well lit? Do you have just broken bulbs? You know, that kind of stuff. It's not hard to, to do the baseline maintenance. Work with what you got is what I'm saying. Uh, but what does your store look like? What does it sound like? Right? What do they What do they hear the first time they walk in? Is it dead silence? Is it like a library? Because that can be a little uh, intimidating on its own, in the sense that you you know maybe you feel like you just walked into someone else's house. Right? That's a that's a weird experience. That's something that personally people do not like to do. They don't feel like uh, they don't feel comfortable walking into someone else's home. And if that's the sensation that they get when they walk into your store, they're probably just either going to avoid it or turn around. Right? But what does it sound like? Do you have music? Uh, background music, are people playing games, you know, is there people, are the people yelling at each other, is there swearing, uh, like all of this contributes to the audio ambiance to your store, that's something that you should be trying to curate, you want to create an audio experience, just like you want to make sure that your store is clean, and, and uh, uh, the visual appearance is something that people will find pleasing, the audio matters too. One of the, uh, uh, I recently had an interview with with Miriam from the Game Chest, and one of the things that she said uh, really stuck with me, and it was that they have the tables set up in a way that they have D and D like frequent kids D and D sessions. This is something that works really well with their store, but this creates an awesome audio experience because the store is constantly filled with the laughter of children and kids having fun and enjoying themselves. That is almost like the perfect background noise for a game store when you think about it. Because like, imagine walking into a store and like looking for a game for your kid or a game for yourself or a game to you know uh, play with your children and seeing kids having a good time potentially with their parents and enjoying it and just having a blast. Right? This communicates to you in a way that words and messaging and branding and you know it all comes together to be like this is exactly where I should be right now. Right? This is something that I'm looking for. This is the experience that I'm, I'm looking for without being direct and obvious. It just all contributes to the uh, first 100 second experience. And then lastly, like, what does your store smell like? <laughs> this is something that's often overlooked. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily think about smell because oftentimes the smell of the place that we spend a lot of time in becomes, you become uh, nose blind, as they say. But what does your store smell like? Does it smell like Big Macs? Because that's potentially not what you want. Uh, or does it smell fresh? You know, do you have, like, maybe not perfume, but do you have air fresheners? Do you have uh, things in place to make it so that it doesn't smell like old food or body odor or, you know, all kinds of other negative smells? Uh, having plants, you know, live plants, trees and stuff like that is a great way to make your store smell fresh, look nice, 
uh, add to the ambiance. Like there's all kinds of positive benefits of having something like that. But looking for ways to make the smell experience good is also a way of just contributing to the overall uh, first 100 seconds experience. But I cannot, I cannot uh, reduce, I I cannot, I cannot emphasize the importance of the first 100 seconds uh, to the long-term success of the relationship that you have with the customer. So my final hypothesis after this, you know, at the end of this podcast, the end of this discussion is that lifetime value. So the amount of money that somebody spends with your business over the time that they're, you know, they're likely to either be active and engaged and then eventually drop off highly correlates to a high number of positive interactions within the first 100 days. So that's where the first 100 days come in. And then the likelihood of those interactions happening in the first place is very highly correlated to the quality of the experience in the first 100 seconds. So ultimately where that leaves us is we kind of work our way backwards. We start off with the first 100 days, moved into the first 100 seconds, but let's think about uh, the first 100 seconds first and then back it up into how we can make the first 100 days awesome. So first 100 seconds, how are you making it so that the first uh, 100 seconds of someone's experience with your store, awesome, as awesome as possible, as great and as positive an experience as you can possibly make it. Because if you can do that, then you've kind of won the right to make that 100 days period awesome. And if you can do that, if you can deliver a great, great experiences every time somebody comes in for the first 100 days, if you can convince them gently and in a mutually beneficial sort of way that They should be uh, coming to events. There's all kinds of great events that they should be partaking in. Uh, Establishing friends, you know, getting, becoming part of the community, making your business part of their lifestyle. That is how you create repeat buyers. That's how you create interested parties. That's how you get your community to grow. That's how you make a business that people are willing to tell their friends about that bring their parents. Like if, if you're talking uh, children and kids, there, that's how you create a business that gets the parents involved, that they are happy to have their children play at your store or you know engage with your store. Uh, this is how you build, how you maximize lifetime value in a sense that both people, the business, you as the store owner, but also you as the, your customer, get the most out of your, you know, what you're doing, <laughs> out, of, out of the game store. It's how you both win. It's, it's how you create a, a great win-win scenario. So I would love your thoughts on this. So what do you think? You know, what is the, how valuable or how important are the first 100 seconds? How valuable and important are the first 100 days? What kinds of ways are you thinking about making this, uh, you know, integrating this kind of idea into your business? What do you do to make the first 100 seconds excellent? What do you do to make sure that they, you know, people come to your store as uh, often as possible and you make it as much of a habit and integrate it into their lifestyle as you can? What kind of systems do you have in place? Uh, am I way off? Is the, you know, is the number wrong? Maybe there's a different threshold for your business. Have you looked at this quantitatively? I would love to talk to somebody who's, uh, who's actually done the analysis of this and, and has thoughts on this. Uh, feel free to let me know. I would love to hear from you. Either, you know, comment on Facebook or comment on the uh, on the webpage, uh, on the website, manurasaga.com, or uh, send me an email and let me know what your thoughts are on my hypothesis or, uh, you know, really anything. I would love to talk. I love talking to listeners. So send me an email at tom at manurasaga.com. Uh, again, I'd love to 
love to chat with listeners. So uh, anytime would be uh, fantastic. Uh, but I think that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, if you liked this kind of stuff and you think this is really interesting, this is the kind of stuff that uh, we do with clients. We work with game stores for uh, to, to help them with their marketing, to help them grow their business, uh, mainly digital marketing. But at some point in the future, maybe that will incorporate other, other forms of marketing, other forms of uh, physical uh, marketing. But right now, uh, that's what we're focusing on. If you are interested in uh, maybe, you know, <laughs> cranking up your digital marketing. You really want to integrate some of these ideas, some of these strategies, uh, techniques that you might've heard of, things like search engine optimization, email marketing, content creation, uh, paid advertising. You want to you know, really explore this kind of stuff or if you've tried it in the past, but you found it difficult or just too complicated, things are constantly changing, which at 100% always changes. Uh, we'd be happy to, to help. We'd be happy to take you on as a client, see what we can do to work together to maximize your business, to really grow it going into 2023. Uh, you can always book a 45-minute strategy session with us. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, what's going on with your business. We'll take a look at what you've got uh, digitally. We'll, we'll look at your digital marketing plan as it is uh, at the moment. We'll look at where, you can, uh, you know, where your opportunities are, what we can improve on, things that we add to it. We'll come up with a whole customized plan uh, and it, this plan is yours for free to take and run with if that's what you so choose. But we'd also be happy to show you, you know, how we can Im implement it for you and how we can complete the whole package and take care of everything for you. Uh, one of the things that we noticed with clients and the reason why they end up working with us is mainly because they know they need to be digital marketing. They know how important the idea of digital marketing is to the future growth of their business. They know where the trends are going. It's just either they don't have the time you know, as a store owner, you're ridiculously busy. So you don't have the time to sit down and learn all of this stuff in order to implement it. Or you, uh, you know, you just, there's too much. It's just too complicated, right? It's just beyond your, your, uh, your day-to-day -day scope. And it's just something that you need someone else to take your hands or take off your hands, which is where we come in. So we'd be happy to have a chat with, chat with you if you were interested in that. And if you want to get a custom marketing plan for your game store, all you got to do is go to manaversaga.com forward slash MMA and book a call with us and we will put all of that to get for you. Uh, but that's it for today's episode. Again, send me an email if you thought this was interesting or if you, know, if you thought I was way off. Either way, let me know. I'd be very interested to hear your comments, hear your thoughts. Uh, but that's it for today's episode and I will talk to you again in the next episode of Maniverse Podcast. <laughs>